You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 65 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen, joined alongside Dwayne Stenell, as always. And we have a very special guest, somebody we've been... Uh, Hoping to get on for for a while. One of me and Dwayne's idols watching growing up. Um, Jonas Enroth is kind enough to join us here. An eight-year NHL career and many more in, in the KHL and across other pro leagues. Taken in the second round back in the 2006 NHL draft. 46 overall by the Buffalo Sabres. And, and what a lucky pick that turned out to be. Um, and, and, and it changed... Uh, Change my 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 way of looking at goalies um, coming in and somebody that I took a lot of pride watching. So Jonas, thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. We really appreciate it, man. And uh, it's going to be fun talking to you. Yeah, Jonas, yeah, yeah. I appreciate Thanks for having me. It's, uh, we've been trying to set this up for a couple of days now. I'm glad yeah. we finally got a got a chance to to chat for a little bit. <laughs> It's it's pretty funny because when we were originally chatting, I, I assumed we were talking about you know t- your your time zone over in Sweden. And I called Cully. I'm like, yeah, man, we I got the interview locked down for Monday, but we gotta be we gotta wake up at like seven in the morning to prepare. And I remember Cully was just like, oh, son of a bitch, <laughs> like we gotta wake up that early. I was like, yeah, we gotta no, wake up that early. It we was more early. of <laughs> Do you have you have children? No, I don't. So I, I have two baby girls, and uh, let's just say the mornings are more chaotic than a five-on-three uh, for a full two minutes in the crease, right? You're just <laughs> yeah, you're ready bet. to go right away. Uh, but, no, they're, they're the best. Um, no, so really, really appreciate you taking the time to get us on. So, I mean, yeah, of course. For, we're, we're, you know, we're a big Sabres podcast, but – we're also a goalie-centric podcast. We've been really lucky to guys to have guys on like Grant Fewer, um, who who am I? Steve Shields, um, Clint Malarchuk, so some of the Sabres greats. Marty's um, been on with us, uh, you know, just to go to, try and go down the list here. Obviously, we just had Eric Portillo, who is a Sabres draft pick, also, uh, you know, from from your home homeland over in Sweden. Um, you know, there's been a long man. There's been a long list of goalies. As they're calling, we've had a lot. Uh, Eddie Lack, another Swedish goalie, he's been on with us. Uh, oh, um, wow. yeah, Eddie. Eddie was fun. Eddie was fun. I think he's doing real estate now, but uh, he's yeah, pretty, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, Eddie's Eddie strikes me. Tell me if I'm wrong, Jonas. Eddie strikes me as the kind of guy that'll be successful no matter what he does. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I actually grew up playing against him. We are the same age, and we're both from Stockholm. So I 
think first time I played against him, I was probably around 12 years old. So I've I've known known him uh, a long time already. So I, I always started out by 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 getting into it because every goalie, right? We have that moment where. Uh, we strap up the pads for the first time, right? And there's plenty that do, and that, and that's it. Um, they take their turn in house league, and it's not for them. But for some of us, it, it's love at first sight. Um, but it happens differently for every goalie. For example, Malcolm Subin, a kid that I played against in the OHL, he didn't start playing goalie till he was 12 or 13. We all have our path to the position. Uh, can you tell us and our fans a little bit about about? How you came to become a goaltender? Uh, I think my I have an older brother that played hockey, and obviously he needed someone to shoot at. I think, and I, I, and I guess I just jumped into the net and played goal uh, for him. And uh, I mean, I loved it since then. Uh, I love the position, and and I love uh, the gear and all that stuff. So uh, I think I played. I probably started to play goalie right away, but I played out as a forward on a different team too, probably till I was 12, now, 13 gonna, years old too. You're going to love this because in the background, you'll see my Spitfires jersey, but then that uh, over here is my brother's uh, Quinnipiac jersey. I had an older brother. He's an 84 birth year, and he was a goalie. So it was kind of the same idea, right? Like I just wanted to be him. We always needed somebody to shoot at. And uh, it, it's always funny. People ask me, well, did you want to be a goalie to be like your brother? And my answer was no. I wanted to be better than him. So it, it's always nice having that, oh, okay. you know, in the family, right? You always have that competition with your brother. So that's cool. Dwayne, I can see you have yeah. that smile on your face as soon uh, as you said that. No, no. For me, it was literally the exact same thing. Like, it started in the driveway. Definitely started in the driveway. You know, he was a big – he was a – he was never like a Sabres fan, even though we grew up in Buffalo. He always picked like odd, like oddball goalies to like. He like not not that John Van Vieswerk was an oddball goalie, but in Buffalo it kind of was. It was like when he played for Florida, he liked Felix Potvin, and that made me kind of a Felix Potvin fan. And then obviously that transcended to Hashik. But like I remember, man, just strapping up the old plastic Milek goalie pads oh, to yeah. full side of them, baseball mitt for your glove. A, a, a starter jacket for your for your chest protector, you know the uh, the old Franklin Street hockey helmet, and him just ripping slap shots as hard as he could at me. You know, being the younger brother, it was so much fun, man. I'll never forget. Uh, I'll always cherish those times. But that's how it started for me, and um, you know, just you know, it's all you know, all history from there, from going from that history. Yep, um, yep. <laughs> what I was gonna say is. Uh, and, and we'll get to a little bit later on. And, and I, one thing that's fascinated me, because now that uh, I'm a full-time goalie coach, Jonas, is, is um, you know, becoming a student of the game, right? And, and you see it. I played in the OHL, and in my, in my last year, they, they banned European goalies, right? And, and their thinking was, is, oh, we're losing world. We're losing, we're using, we're losing the U20 world championships. It's because of our goalies. And, and it was moronic. And I ended up writing an article on it. Um, but I wanted to, to ask you later about just what the, what the Swedes and the Finns have done so well with, with goalie development. But first off, um, Wanted to take a look at, at your path that, that that found your way into in, into Buffalo. Obviously, you had a, a ton of success. Over is it is it Soder 
how, how do I say it? So, Sortage? <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Sortaglia. <laughs> we know it's terrible. Yes. Um, but what was what was your time like in uh I know it's a different setup um you know in the in the, in the SEL and in the sweeter the Swedish Junior League um just kind of take us through what that was like is that your hometown It's not my hometown but it's like 30 minutes from my hometown so it, uh it was pretty close but I still had to actually take a train with my older brother to the practice and all, to the games and all that stuff actually um, so I played there as a as a first year junior, I think, and then uh, I got moved up to the big yeah, big you team. You would have been sixteen. You would have been sixteen. Pro. Yeah, so I started to play pro pretty early. I think probably around seventeen, and played there for two more years. And obviously, I got drafted when I was seventeen, eighteen, I think, and. Uh, yeah, came over to uh, to Portland and Buffalo pretty pretty uh, right away when when I turned twenty. Uh, I think these days the European goal is like to stay home um, a couple more years. But I wanted to come over and play a lot of games in the AHL and really try to get my way into the NHL that way. And that was so, like one of those that was one of those weird time periods for Buffalo because we've always had I had our mainstay AHL franchise has always been in Rochester. And I think right. what, correct me if I'm not, was that when we kind of split a team with or Florida also had their players playing along with Portland at some time? Like I, I think I think they did. No, I think Florida yeah, took I, over I, Rochester. Or was it that? Yeah, Florida took over Rochester and we took Buffalo over moved Florida. to Portland. And we were there for three years, and that happened to be all my three years in the in the minor league. Uh, that time, uh, Portland was awesome. It was a great city. Uh, it was very cool to play up there in in uh, New England. Actually, I've I've, I've spent a ton of time in New England, um, and especially now, you know, playing and coaching for the different summer tournaments. But it, it you know, Canada has its own way with hockey. And you know Minnesota, and but New England is is very special in that way, right? They're very passionate. Um, mm -hmm. you know, but you come in in two thousand eight, and then two thousand nine, and you play fifty eight games, forty eight games, and the AHL doesn't get the respect it deserves nowadays. It, it's a grind. It's a very hard league. Everybody is is it, this is their livelihood, and they're trying to get to the next step. What impresses me most, Jonas, is. Is you know you had dazzling numbers, two seven five uh, goals against average with a nine fourteen save percentage, and then you follow it up the next year with a two three seven and a nine nineteen. Talk to us a little bit about what that was like. Um, you know, coming from the big rink right and and in, into the smaller rink. I know for me, I call it um, like uh, uh, viewpoints, right? Like. Um, focal points where like where the blue line meets the boards like uh you know what i'm talking about where it's different on on a bigger mm -hmm. ice and uh what was that transition like for you and how were you able to have so much success right away yeah i think first of all i think the sabers really wanted me to play a lot of games so they pushed me into that situation i think like you said first year i played 58 games and on top of that i was called up for I want to say a month. So I pretty much played every game in the A that year. 
and uh, really had to learn how to play on a small, smaller ice surface. But the thing is, I think it's it's easier to go from a big ice surface to a small rink than going the other way around. So I, for me, it wasn't that big of a um, difference, I guess, uh, coming over from from Europe to uh, to American League. I could I felt like I could pick it up pretty quick. And what you just said, it's easier coming from a bigger ice to a smaller ice. I can be a testament to that. I played in the U18 Ivan Holinka tournament in, in the Czech Republic. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. I played in that one too. Yes. Yeah, so that was my first experience on the big ice. And coming from a smaller to a bigger ice, it, it's like I said, it really, it really messed with with my my entry points, my focal points. And the coolest thing for me, Jonas, was we were playing in Bratislava and uh, Pietzny, and that was the first time I got to experience the the drums. You know, the guys up in the in the top of the stands playing oh, okay. the drums and the dance. So it was cool. it was a really cool experience. And obviously, I struggled, and and we got you know our 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 are fudge packed by Sweden and Russia and Canada, but uh, not able to come away with a medal, but just an awesome experience, just getting to see Prague and some of those countries um, and, and having that little bit of a taste of, of the bigger rink in, in European hockey. Um, so that's awesome. But in, in yeah, Singapore, go ahead. I got I to gotta go get a phone charger, actually. I'm, I'm down to 10% of my phone. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just give me one minute. You're good. Okay. You're good. Take your time. Yeah. Uh, well, while while we wait for while we wait for Jonas, uh, you know, you, you always bring up that that uh, Gretzky Holinka tournament. Um, it's it's pretty cool to have a have a goalie on the show that's actually played in that along with you, so you guys can go back crazy. and forth about that experience. Wait, not only that, there's two U18 tournaments. There's one early in like March and April. And then Ivan Holinka's later in the summer in August. He played in both. How crazy is that? That is. That's insane. That's that's wild. So when he comes back, I'd love to talk to him about that that one start he made in uh, in, in two thousand nine. Um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You good to go? He's got his earbuds in. All right. So um, we're back. Just, Sorry, guys. No, no buddy, good. You're, good. you're good. You're good. Um, um, the crazy thing for me is, is, is you come off of the, those two good years, um, but then you get your first sniff of the National League um, in that second year, 2009, 2010. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what was it like and uh, how the game went there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the second year I got my first game in, right? Um, I think, well, I know we played against Boston in Boston, which was pretty cool. <laughs> hey, well, welcome to the National League. You're going to be playing at the Garden. <laughs> exactly. And I lived in Portland, so I pretty much followed the Bruins pretty pretty good during those, those years. But I remember Mark Rickey scored on his first shot against me, um, like three minutes into the game. Uh, I think he tipped it right in front of me uh, from a point shot from Chara, actually. So that was pretty pretty cool to have him score on your first shot, I guess. But I think um, we uh, 
Boston, Boston, I think Boston won it that year. So obviously Boston was a really good year, a really good team. Yeah, they and, were a wagon. Uh, we lost, unfortunately, four. Yeah, four two. But I ended up making thirty seven saves, and I played pretty well in that game. I remember. I remember and, uh, watching Dwayne, and me and you talked about this. It, it it was it was so refreshing to just see so many guys come in in their first game, and it seems mm-hmm. too, the moment seems too big, and against a powerhouse, a cup favorite like that, for for Jonas to not only you know give his team a chance to win, but to really shine. I remember yeah. that being so cool for me, um, and and it was it was awesome. So, so props, props to you on that, man. That must have been special. The one thing I remember most about that, though, too, and what made me a big NREF fan, and Cully, I know me and you have talked about this, is his size. We're, 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 we're part of a dying breed of goalies uh, that were under six foot. That, uh, and, and, he, and, Yoni, you gave us hope. You gave guys like Cully hope that we can make it <laughs> in the national. And uh, not me per se, but him for sure. Uh, Dang, has, man, I got to share the yeah. story now. He's got to, yeah, he's got to talk. He's got to tell you the sock story, so, I guess. You remember, you know how during our draft year, the NHL central scouting guys come to measure and weigh us? Yeah. So it was uh, my rookie year for the Ice Dogs, and they show up in Erie, and I didn't know what was going on. They're like, hey, the NHL guys here are to measure us for our profiles. And I'm at, I may be 5'10 five, five, and 3'8". So what I did is right away I grabbed all my all my socks, all my get socks, and I put on like nine pairs, which would get me <laughs> to six foot, right? So I'm up, I'm up next, Jonas, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and um, they, they say, all right, Colin, you're up next, and then I, you know, I'm about to step up, but you know, I get weighed, and uh, and then right before I got uh, you know measured, they say, all right, barefoot, and I'm there. With eight pairs of socks oh. <laughs> in front of these guys, so immediately I'm like, uh, I got, I got to go to the bathroom." So I get it out of there, and uh, I took the socks off, got measured at five ten. Uh, but it is what it is. But no, Dwayne, you make you make an excellent point. Um, I think after you, Jonas, there was a stretch. Uh, I know in my three draft years, two thousand nine, ten, eleven. There really wasn't anybody taken um, under six foot. Mikey DiPietro broke that mold uh, a few years ago, the kid in Vancouver. But, I mean, it really, it meant a lot to us, right? Because we went, you, especially you, yeah. you lived through that, let's call it the, the post-lockout period where you had the, um, you know, the Jaguars, right? And these guys with huge gear and, and just being more of a blocking style. And, and you proved that, um, you know, with your speed and your ability to read plays and stay out in the white ice and still be able to, you know, prevent that backside, uh, it, it was awesome. And it was an inspiration to a young goer like me. And I, I, I can't I, – there's countless others, I'm sure. So just another couple of clicks for Jonas, Dwayne. No, he, he paved the way for us shorter goalies. <laughs> All right, it's, it, you know, it's awesome. It, I, and I – no, go ahead, Yoni. I was just gonna say, I, I, I've, uh, that idea has crossed my mind a lot of times too during training camps when I was <laughs> gonna step up to to the measuring tape, but I never actually went through with it. But yeah, hey, I hey, do what you gotta do, right? Cully's got a lot of he's got a lot of Cully's got a lot of stories. I think that one's definitely my favorite. I, I give him 
I give him shit a lot about some of the stories that, you know, he can't put the yearbook away, but I'll always encourage him to tell that one when there's when we chance. I think it's hilarious. Hey, yo, Yoni, I haven't been able to cut the cord. Yeah, you awesome. know what I mean? I'm still hanging on. I'm still wearing my team gitch. Hey, the yeah. one good thing about being a suitcase and getting traded four times, um, I have four sets of team gitch, you know, so I can just cycle through, you know, Windsor one day, Niagara the next, Cerny the other. Um, Dwayne, did we just have a comment pop up? Uh, yeah, just saying they, uh, you know, David Smith here has got a signed puck from Yoni. Uh, I actually, it's funny. I got, I, I, I have one too, actually. It's kind of, I was going to bring it up. It's a, cause you brought up Portland. It's a Portland Pirates, Jonas Enroth autograph puck. Oh, I love it. That's cool. Dwayne, how's this autograph? Uh, barely legible. Hold it up. Hold it up. See if we can see it. Fairly legible. All right. It's, I gotta, it's I gotta so quick, though. It takes me like a second to do it. So. Oh, yeah. So, Jonas, I started my own charity. You know when they send you to – maybe you didn't have this, but you know how they when they send you to schools to read to the kids and you sign for the classroom, right? So I, I started mm -hmm. doing this in Windsor. It was, it was called Cully's Kids because, you know, it was right next to Detroit. It was very downtrodden, right, on tough times. So we donated some 250,000 books. So here I am, and I would, you know, go read the three classrooms, sign 90 cards, um, and that would be it. And then there had to, there, uh, we got a phone call after one of my readings. These kids during lunch started fighting over, because only three classrooms got the cards. They started fighting over them. So the solution that we, the Spitfires came up with was they gave me a stack of 500. And I had to sign whatever school I went to. I had to sign for all the kids. So my 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 autograph went from like all full letters to uh, JC thirty three. You know what I mean? Real quick. Yeah, yeah. It gotta be a quick one. It gotta be an easy one to do. Yeah. So going back to to the Sabers, um, what was it like getting getting sent back to Portland? You know, did you know that after you had your sniff in, in the, uh, in, in, in the national league? Yeah, I, I knew I was going back. I think they only called me up to play that game. So I, they called me up. I w uh, went down to Boston, um, the night before, uh, played that game. And then I went back up to Portland right after the game, pretty much. So, um, I think that that was the plan for for me to get at least one game in that season, and then uh, next year uh, they were gonna give me a bigger, bigger chance or a better chance to play. Um, that next year they pretty much called me up every time uh, Milsi had to to rest. So right, well, and it makes sense because the year that you came up for that first game. Miller played 66 and they had Laleem. So you would have been better off playing, you know, 58, whatever it was in the American versus, you know, riding pine playing seven, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that, that was a good plan. I think I, looking so back at it, it was probably the right move to do. Dwayne, can you pull that comment back up? So from David Smith, honestly, my second favorite, goalie ever to watch of course ryan miller is my inspiration david we appreciate the comment um now this has become a full pro Jonas enroth podcast we will not accept that slander anymore 
Um, so, Dwayne, you might have to get rid of that half the jersey behind you. No, you, know, you, know, you remember when, obviously, uh, it was like during that whole when Twilight was a big thing. Remember the movie Twilight was in theaters and it was always that, uh, what was it, uh, those two characters, it was Edward and uh, the, the, the guy who played the werewolf. There was like Team Edward and Team whatever that guy's name was. I remember that transcended. Jacob. Jacob. Okay, yeah. That transcended over to Buffalo at one point, and we had we had Team Miller and Team Enroth for like a while there. And I remember specifically there were T-shirts in the arena because I you know I was a season ticket holder, my cousin, and there were people wearing Team Enroth jerseys and Team Miller jerseys. It was wild and it was fun. It was pretty cool. But uh, you, I mean, I'm not going to say which team I was on, uh, but you know, I I will say this, Jonas, man. Like I said before. You gave you gave guys like me and Cully a reason to believe that we were probably better than what we were, you know. And uh, you know, be, be you know again uh, one of the last of one of the shorter under six foot goaltenders. It was uh, it was always fun to watch you, man. I always enjoyed, and I tried like taking bits and pieces from your game as much as I possibly could because again, a I, you know I was a smaller goaltender, and b I went on to coach later in life, and I tried to you know teach the kids I taught, you know, little bits and pieces of your style because, again, you were a smaller goaltender. A lot of these kids I coached, they weren't very big at all. Now, to piggyback off that, Jonas, mm -hmm. uh, for me, my ABCs, you know, when we have rest periods, I do my breathing technique. I would always tell myself, um, you know, hands in front, white ice, be a warrior, right? And, and, I, and I'm curious for you um, – your ability to read plays allowed you to play a little bit, you know, I want to say deeper for a smaller guy. What it, What are some things that, like, allowed you to do that, allowed you to slow the game down, allowed you to play the way you did as a smaller goaltender? Um, yeah, I was going to say I never really tried to be outside the paint too much. Uh, but I guess uh, my – one of my strengths are my patient. I, I always try to uh, stay on my edges as uh, long as I can. And uh, that's something I've been trying to work on my whole career. I remember vividly doing that when I was younger too. And maybe that's the, the reason why I could be able to play on that, uh, that level, uh, that in the on top level and try to just wait and read uh, read the game instead of trying to um, just go down and try to block or or anything like that i always tell the bigger goalies i train that are six five plus must be nice hey boys yeah no, but... i know I, I always say that too <laughs> piggybacking off that you know i've been trying to get a lot of my younger goalies to get away from off the rush you know those you know violent c cuts with you know a very, I like to say a calm lower body, you know, quiet feet. I call it the butt drop where you're able to, you know, sit down into your stance and have calm feet for that backwards momentum. Is that something that you incorporated in? And uh, can you define that? Or so I don't really understand of, that one. So off of a rush, instead of, you know, coming out and, you know, using C cuts where, you know, we could get caught on on the wrong seat cut on, on the pass across. More standing straight up, um, dropping our butt and 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 staying on our edges as as we glide backwards. 
Yeah, I think uh, for me, I, I don't really try to have too much move, extra movement in my game. Uh, I want to be like, no way set when the shot is taken. And, uh, I think exactly, you don't want to be uh, drifting too much out there. Uh, so to me, I, I try to um, not move too much uh, during the during the game or or during the rush. And I'm sorry I worded it weirdly, but that's one thing Dwayne and I talked about that stuck out about your game. For being a smaller guy, there really was no wasted movement, right? You can make the acrobatic save if you needed to, but it was almost like that in control, calm feeling to that game where positionally I know I'm going to be sound. I know I'm going to have active hands and I'm going to put myself in a good, in a good spot. So apologies the way I worded the question. You answered it perfectly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no um, worries. I think yeah, you can definitely see like how the smaller goalies are playing. That's that's the way I think every goalie should play. Uh, if you look at Saros, he's very technical sound and uh, he doesn't really make too many mistakes uh, during games. And, and also a, a, a different goalie that I like to watch a lot is uh, Jonathan Bernie too. Yeah. Their How about like the resurgence of career, right? Is, is so good. How about the resurgence of Bernie's career, right? Sorry? Like I said, how about the resurgence, you know, and, and Bernie being able to still stay in the league and, and, and yeah. do well, right? Like the best goalies, the best coaches – the best players find a way to adapt, right? And speaking yeah, yeah, on yeah. that, I'm sorry, I'll let you get the next question. But with the use of the RVH coming in, like when I played in, in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, we had the VH, right? It never felt comfortably me on the blocker post. So I used a bit mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, I used, uh, you know, double coverage outside. Um, but I've been noticing with the RVH, the, the reason you made me think of it is the way that UC Soros is able to not only be able to go RVH to RVH post to post, but to be able to go RVH um, from a pass flow to high out to his feet. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's a tool that when you work, when you use it the right way, it, it works very very uh, well uh, I, I remember trying uh, uh, i remember one summer uh, a lot of different swedes trying to uh, start to play that way and i uh, went back home for the summer and contacted one of the goalie coaches that taught that style and i really worked on it one summer and then i came back and uh, me and milsey worked on it pretty much every every day uh, that during that season um, and uh, yeah, like I said, you need really need to use it in the proper way. Otherwise, it's going to be. And easier. how many times? How many times have we seen not only in the playoffs but in the year, guys misusing it or using it yeah. in the wrong situations? And and to me, I think we're starting to see, um, you know, in the you know the pregame write ups that the goalie coaches give on the opposing goalies. I think we're starting to yeah. see that where goalies are staying in it too long. Um, you know, different story on, on on that RVH goal last night that, that slipped through prices. Uh, you want to call it a six-hole? Different scenario. But like you said, I think it's something that's, when used correctly, can be a great tool, right? But 
there's a lot mm -hmm. of overuse of it that I think, like with anything, right? When the oh, butterfly yeah, sure. first came out, it was used too much, right? When the when the VAs first came out, it was used mm -hmm. too much, right? So it'll be interesting to see how the position evolves with regards to the proper use of the RVH. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, Dwayne, go ahead, buddy. No, uh, he you know he brought up you know obviously you know I remember you know. When I first got into go, uh, coaching, um, you know, I grew up kind of in that era before, you know, that was ever a thing, VH, RVH. I remember uh, my one of my second uh, classroom sessions, you know, they started talking about the RVH and VH. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of there. And everyone's kind of nodding their head. I'm just looking around like, yo, what is everybody talking? What is it? And I was so embarrassed <laughs> to put my head like, what's an RVH? What's a VH? But like. You know, after Cinder listening to it and then obviously, you know, going and applying it to my own game and really, you know, really studying a little bit, it's like it it, it, it has its, you know, I, I think in today's game, you see it, you, you, don't, you don't see it used correctly in a lot of situations. I, I personally, I'm a big fan of the VH on my, on my glove side, um, but, you know, it is very, I, w I wish I would have known that, that was more of a thing. You know, and that uh, when I played, because it does it does help your game quite a bit, especially in those in in tight uh, situations. And um, I just remember being so embarrassed. Eventually, just having to be like, talks like, "Hey, man, like I don't I don't mean to be like sound stupid here, but what's an RVH?" And then <laughs> them explaining it to me, I was like, I had no clue what they were talking about. But uh, you know, it's no. Go ahead. It's funny that you bring that up because I played with uh, Jonathan Quick too in in LA, obviously. And uh, uh, I remember one of my first couple practices with them. I asked him after after one of the practices, like, <clears throat> "How did you come up with your RVH and uh, all that stuff?" And he just looked at me like, "What is RVH? I have no idea what you're talking about right now." So even Quick didn't even know RVH, and people are saying that he's the guy that invented it, but. <laughs> He, he had no idea what I was, what I was talking about. He just played, <laughs> played the way he felt like he should be playing that situation. So they tried to give him credit for being the guy who originated the RVH, but when you were trying to explain it to him, he's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's pretty funny. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just he pretty much just said that I'm just do whatever feels right on this side and on the other side yeah. I do. He does more uh, VH on his glove side too, actually. Yeah, I'm a big VH. And on, I, his, I feel, on his glove it's, side, is re it's more comfortable for me the VH. It just is. I don't know. Like the RVH had, you know, mm -hmm. when it's in, in real tight, it does, you know, it does help quite a bit. Uh, I just see there's laziness on some of these goals. You see where they don't get their heads tight to the post, and you know, mm -hmm. you let those goal. You know, it, it, you know, their goal scores goals. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fancy goal that. You know, you, you pick your spot and you just have that much room to shoot. And, they, and, and, and you know, they'll score and stuff. But, you know, 10 times out of 10, if the goalie is staking, uh, getting his height close to the pipe, you know, that goal doesn't go in 10 times out of 10. And um, it's always – I, I just don't like it when it's used in situations where it's far out past the face-off dot. There's no reason for you to be down in your RVH there. Get up on your feet. Play the, play the puck right. that way. It's just, you know, you, you see, you see yeah. that happen a lot. And, you know, it, it, it shouldn't. Um, but you know, I'm, I still, I don't like to say I'm more of like a hybrid style. You know, I'm, I'm old now. I am actually, I'm old. I'm the oldest person in this podcast. I'm an 87, but, uh, um, I just, I still have too much of that old stand up style in me still. Um, but it's, 
you know, um, I just I prefer to stay on my feet as much as I possibly can. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, they don't ask how. Yeah, they ask same how here. Many, I think it's how many we save. Yeah, exactly. Except, the same th same thing with hashtag yeah, back I, there. No, I think it's I think. I, I was just gonna say I think it's important to try to stay on your feet as long as you can, especially if you're not too big of a guy. Um, so I try to stay on my feet a lot too. And every time I make a save, standing standing up during a game, I get always get so pumped up. <laughs> right? Like I, I just yeah. I, I don't know, man. Um, I I, I find it easier for me to track the puck better that way too. Um, I don't know. It's just not me. only that. We're like the thing I'm working on is these these kids. Are when anytime the puck crosses the royal road, you know, from one side to the other, they're almost instinctually taught now to slide. But for me, if it's above the dots, let's start on our feet. We can always drop into it, right? And and what I try to explain to yeah. them is, is it's not going to be a tape to tape pass or a one time every time. Where if we're on our knees and we slide, adjusting gets really tough. But if we're on our feet, getting across. And, it, you know, it goes skate to stick. Now we're able to make that small adjustment, right? Whereas when we're on our knees, it's more of a best guess, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we got a question here, too. Another one from David. Where are you living now, Jonas? Uh, you are currently in Buffalo right now. I, I remember you mentioned earlier that your wife is from, from Buffalo. But uh, you're, are, you, are you still – do you mainly live still in Sweden? Yeah, exactly. I still play over in Sweden, uh, so I live there during the season, obviously, and then usually I come back uh, to Buffalo in the summers. Okay. Um, you know, you brought I, I, up... No, go ahead. Go ahead, Cully. No, I was just going to talk about, you know, you get that first game, and, and then you go back to Portland uh, to start the next year, come back and get 14 games played, um, and, and then that 2011-12 that season, right? You're able to get in there um, and, you know, I don't want to say split, but, you know, Miller played, um, you know, 61, you played 26. Um, and, and on that team, you played with some of my good buddies, Zach Cassian. Um, you know, I know Mike Webster running the Spitfire Skates. Cody Hodgson I played against a junior. Marcus Fellino is a good friend of mine. Uh, it's just really cool for me. What was that group like? Yeah, uh, I think I think that year we had a very good team. Uh, I, I want to say yeah, that thirty-nine, thirty-two, and oh, yeah, yeah, that was the first year the Pagulas took over, I think, and uh, uh, we felt like we had a good chance right away. I remember I had a pretty good start of the season and played most of my games in the first half of the season, and then. I didn't play too well after Christmas, I think, and I didn't play much after that. But, uh, um, yeah, I think we saw ourselves like a good contender that year, or maybe that was the next year. But it was one of those years that uh, the first year the Pukulas came in, obviously we signed the uh, players that we obviously had high hopes for, but it didn't turn out like everyone hoped. But... Uh, I'm sure everyone knows uh, who yeah. who we signed that year, but we felt like we were a very very good team that year. Um, his name is Billy, Billy Schmano. No, but I'm going to bring that up, um, Jonas, because um, it was Luke Adam, 
Um, Zach Cassie and Marcus Felino and Corey Trop. Remember Corey Trop? So at the Got time, okay. Kevin Adams was, I think he was a part in the player development, but you know where Leisure Rinks is in Orchard Park? Yeah. So every morning um, at 6 a.m., I would go out for those four guys. And um, that was the, um, you know, the year before Luke Adam had that really good year. But that was the best thing that ever happened to me because, you know, it, it, it and there weren't goalie-friendly drills, boys. You know what I mean? We're talking rapid mm -hmm. shot. I was there to be a, a puck dummy. But I battled, and, and I made a good impression on John Cristiano and, and, and Kevin Adams at the time. And, and I really, like, I owe everything to that by getting me my first NHL rookie camp. Um, the funny part is, though, is, is, you know, when you guys got Cody Hodgson, it was after his back surgery, right? The thing for me yes. is crazy. You know Matt Duchesne, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Matt Duchesne played on the Avalanche, now on uh, Nashville. Mm -hmm. So him and him and Cody Hodgson played together in Brampton and Junior. And before Cody's back surgery, he was just as good, if not better. And and he got a ton of hate over that and everybody hated him and and i just wish and you could say this about a ton of nhl guys i just wish we would have gotten to see a healthy cody hodgson in the national league because he was something special in that league he was right on par with with the Tavares's and 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 all the guys in that league he was so good um but by the time that he got to buffalo with the back injury it was very tough but it looks like a great yeah. group TJ Brennan, awesome guy. He he kind of took me under his wing at rookie camp. I have nothing but good things to say about him. I'm happy he got his sniff. You remember about how he bounced around the AHL forever, right? Uh, I was really happy to yeah, see he, him. Yeah, he was a great player. Great guy, too. Great guy. Um, what was that like, though? Uh, did you have a good relationship with Ryan Miller then? Oh yeah, for sure. Ryan helped me a lot. Uh, he obviously is a great, great person, and I only have good things to say about him. Uh, it was awesome to see him uh, uh, prepare for games every day, prepare for practice every every day. He's uh, he was a true professional pretty much every day, and that's something I I learned from him, and I'm still trying to live uh, live after that uh, until this day. But even uh, Patrick Lolim was uh, on the team when I came up also, and he uh, he kind of took, uh, took me under his wing, and obviously I took his spot, but at the same time he was super nice about it, and he pushed me, and uh, whatever I needed um, to talk about something or anything like that, and he, he could help me with that, every, anything. And he, uh, I've, heard, great I've heard some really great stories about Lolim in, in that regard. That he's willing to do it to do anything for his teammates. Go ahead, Dwayne. I've always been such a big fan of Patty Lalim. Um, I was a huge, huge, huge fan of his helmet. The Marvin the Martian design was always my favorite. Like I wore the Cujo design that Curtis Joseph wore. Uh, you know, back because I used to watch. You know, next to Don Akash, I used to watch a lot of Cujo. Those were my two two favorite goalies. But like my mom uh, in particular, you know, she. Her favorite cartoon was always Marvin the Martian. She loved Marvin the Martian, and she used to draw pictures of him. So I always envision at some point here, you know, I know I'm old and washed up now, but, you know, in men's league, I want to get my next helmet the, when I get one professionally painted 
do something for my mom and involving like one of Patty's designs of Marvin the Martian. Uh, just because they were always so cool, man. Every team you yeah. went to, they were always the coolest designs. And like I've heard, you know, he's been on the, the instigators here in Buffalo a couple times with uh, with Petey and Reve. And, you know, I, I always hear the same stories, man. He's such a good guy and a great teammate, you know, not not unlike, uh, you know, you know, Cully uh, when, when he did hey, uh, about I Jack did, Campbell. I did not last four years in Ontario League on talent. I was a glue guy. Okay. <laughs> Dwayne, I'm about to send you um, a picture of my favorite Jonas uh, helmet. Will you, uh, once you get it, will you upload it? Yeah, I'll, up I'll upload it for sure. Um, one other thing, too, I do have a question here from a fan. You know, I know we, we got you on for a little bit longer uh, than we expected, but uh, from Samantha, at Samantha CP underscore, fun story when Brian Boucher took his helmet off mid play. Refs blew the play down. When Jonas Enroth did it, he was a boss, and refs did not blow down the play, and he forced – he was forced that to make a masculine save. I remember that. I was remember that. Save? Was it a glove save? No, it was like a back – your helmet on. It was like a backdoor <laughs> pad save, but it was a pretty nice save. And <laughs> I, like I, I see – it comes across my feed every every once in a while on uh, on Instagram and stuff like that. So yeah, it's always pretty fun to see it. There's a game winning goal on Johnny Cullen when he when he played up in the O, uh, where his helmet was uh, dislodged from his head and the rest. Time out! Time out! Time out! They had this Ottawa 67s team. Uh, they had uh, Tyler Toffoli, Sean Monahan, Sean Monahan, Cody CC, and Peter Mrazek was the other goalie, right? And real quick, and in Ottawa, Jonas, it's the old Senators rink. You have to both come out of the same tunnel, okay? And every time Peter Mrazek would mention something like I didn't understand it. It wasn't Russian, like I just said, but it was Czech. And I'm like, the fuck is this guy saying to me? <laughs> Until my last year, my backup goalie in Windsor, Yaroslav Pavelka, I'm like, Yaro, find out what he's saying. And he eventually came back up to me. He's like, Oh, Cully, uh, he call you a uh, face monkey. I'm like, a fucking face monkey? <laughs> so, uh, no, but the video in question. So, you remember how the rules used to read, once our helmet comes off, the play's dead? Sorry, you cut off. I couldn't hear your question there. Well, you know when, when our helmets come off, the play's supposed to be whistled dead? Yeah, yeah. So, it's overtime. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, it, the guy goes to my uh, blocker side. I poke check him. He lands on top of me. My bucket falls off. The puck goes behind the net. I make eye contact with the ref. I'm like, buddy, come on, throw me a bone. Sure enough, Monahan grabs it, wraps it around. I didn't look as cool as you, but I still tried to dive and stop it. Uh, but they called it a goal. And uh, it's it was a nationally televised game on Sports Center Rogers, and it's just so funny. You see me trying to go after the whole '67 team and uh, Mrazek. Um, <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Tell them, tell, tell them about your comments at the end of the game. Oh, I got fined. So um, they interviewed me after the game, Jonas and David Branch, who runs the league. Like that was when they were big on safety. Remember, they changed the equipment for the forward. Added the shoulder caps and stuff. And um, they uh, interviewed me after the game, and I said, uh, yeah, you know, uh, tough loss. I, I didn't know this was the 1940s, and uh, 
goalies were supposed to play without helmets. Uh, thought it was safety first, but uh, whatever. So strictly for that, I got a $500 fine. Thank God uh, Bob Bootner paid it for me. But um, That yeah, wasn't too bad, I thought. No, that no, not good five... comment. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. That's what I thought. But, yeah, man, uh, you, 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 especially in these playoffs right now, you see how bad the officiating was last night. Yeah, it's oh, it's, a, it's a crime yeah. apparently. It's a crime apparently to to criticize officiating because and it was it was really really bad last night, man. Like it, I it's been a long time since I've seen refing and officiating make headlines the way it has over the past like two weeks in these NHL playoffs. It, you know, there's there, there's a line between letting them play and then you know kind of dictating the game the way they have. And you know, I forget who it was that hit from behind last night. That was that was brutal to watch, man. That was like, I mean, how do you not call that, especially as a referee staring straight at it? You know, you know, I'll get off my TED talk right now. I don't want to get too deep into that because then I won't stop. But um, <laughs> yeah, the offici- the officiating has been very, very questionable. Uh, you know, over the last two weeks in the playoffs, I got a couple quick questions. Um, so for that lockout, I ended up in the Ontario Rain system back when they were an East Coast League team. And I was there with Darcy Cooper and JF Berube. I don't know if you ever crossed paths with those guys. Um, so many name drops, Cully. Well, fuck. I mean, he might know him. Uh, but I was yeah, curious. Yeah, I know JF Berube. Great guy, great guy, great partner. But how often do you get sent to the coast as like a major junior guy and two, the two guys in front of you end up playing in the National League? You know what I mean? Like, fuck, throw me a bone yeah, here. Um, what, two questions in one. Your first win in um, in Toronto, um, the 3-2 game, what was that like? Yeah. Uh, well, I remember it was one of those uh, Hall of Fame nights and I think, I think it was on a Saturday night. Yeah, it was a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, because I got one of those towels. Uh, I don't really remember much from the game, but I do remember the overtime and the shootout. Uh, you were unreal at shootout. I remember beat uh, J.S. Jagir. Oh, love Jiggy. Yeah. Another uh, one of my I, favorites. I think, I think I... Yeah, me and Milsey, well, I know Milsey watched videos of uh, the other uh, teams, the shooters in shootouts all the time. So I started doing that too. And uh, we pretty much knew every every move they were going to do uh, if it would be a shootout. So we had a good uh, good uh, technique, I guess, to, to find a way to, to stop what, them. What's crazy to me is that you hold a record. You became the first goaltender in NHL history to recur, to record all three of his first wins and shootouts. Now, the second one, the 10-rounder against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So so you said you, you go through and you watch some of the shootout guys. For sure, you're not watching the – the 10th through the 15th guy, right? You're not watching the fourth liners. Uh, in no, 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 we uh, watched like the five top guys. Right, right. But you found a way to win that one. I think that's a cool record to have, man. And it just shows your tenacity. One thing, uh, the one thing I loved about your shootout technique, uh, because you weren't overly aggressive coming out, but was your ability to be patient, but to also um, match their speed at like um, you know, and starting your backwards momentum at the right time, right? And I mm-hmm. uh, always thought that was great. And you had active hands leading to whatever side. Uh, love to see that. Something I teach my goalies. 
uh, was just really cool memories for me. Um, and, and obviously for yourself. So, uh, I thought that was great, uh, to bring up. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, uh, for sure. it was, uh, it became pretty special for, for me and for, for our team that we knew that every time we went into shootout that we had a really good chance to, to win the game because we had really good shooters too, obviously. So both, yeah, I, uh, I think Mills is probably the best goalie ever, or he's up there in shootouts too. So uh, I think he is. If not one, he's yeah. two. That, that's definitely one of the points I wanted to bring up. Uh, uh, cause I, I know initially when we were messaging about having you come on, part of it was to, right around when Ryan uh, announced his retirement. Um, you know, we've been kind of blessed with a lot of great goaltending here in Buffalo. You know, we had, you know, obviously you mentioned earlier, we had Grant Fear on the show. It went from Grant to Hashik, Hashik, and, you know, to, with, to Baran and then Miller. And then obviously we had you here, uh, you know, for a little bit. And, you know, like I said, you were always one of my favorite goalies just to watch just uh, because of your size alone um, and just the way you were able to play utilizing your size, uh, you know, or lack thereof, you know. But, um you know, what was it like, you know, being partnered up with Millsy for those few years? Because one of the things I always took from Ryan Miller was, you know, he was calm. Um, I remember, have you ever seen the movie The Replacements, uh, that movie with Keanu Reeves, the football movie? Well, Gene Hackman's no, the coach. Gene Hackman's the coach in it. And he made, he made a, a comment. It always used to remind me of Ryan. Um, he used to, you know, look at Keanu, Keanu Reeves, played the quarterback, he said, you know, you're like a duck on a pond. You know, everything's calm on the surface. You know, everything on the exterior is on the surface. But below the surface, your feet are going a mile a minute. And that's what I always got from Ryan Miller. You know, he always used to like to focus in on him before games, you know, kind of looking out on the ice with his stick. You know, he'd always be one of the guys that go for a post-game interview to get – because he was very – um very philosophical with his answers. You know, he's very detail oriented. You know, if you wanted a straight answer, an honest answer, and a guy who's going to give you all the details, the breakdown, Millsy was a guy who could give that to you. And it was always fun to listen to him talk about whether it was a win or a loss. You know, like you mentioned, that was one of his big things with shootouts is he was a very, you know, a big, you know, big, uh, you know, you know, studied the players that would be shooting on him. What were their moves? What were their tendencies? What were their tells? Uh, you know, it, it was always just interesting to see because you don't, you don't, you didn't see a lot of that in, in, in a lot of goalies. You know, he was just very, very. I, I like when he said when he came out of retirement that he wanted to go into some type of player development thing. I always said absolutely because that's right up his alley because he's always such a student of the game. So what was it like? You know, like you said, you know, he helped you a lot. What was it like being partnered up with him for a while? You know, what was the compete like with him? Was it, you know, you know, what was the relationship? You know, do you guys still talk today? You know, did you guys, since he's announced his retirement, have you guys spoken at all? Uh, no, I haven't, but you're spot on. He, he's, uh, all of his, his um, post-game interviews are always pretty interesting uh, to listen to, uh, especially for a goalie. I feel like he says a lot of smart things and he's all, obviously very thoughtful and um, i i still watched a lot of his games uh this past couple of years and every time he uh, had an interview i tried to watch it too um, and uh, from playing with him like i said he taught me how to be prepared every day uh, i think when i came up i i thought i was just uh, like show up at the rink and play every day but he uh, he really 
showed how a professional is supposed to carry himself uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, it, go no, ahead, Kelly. No, it's just, you know, like you, you hit the nail on the head there. It was just, you know, the definition of professionalism. You know, you know, he, yeah. there was a, there was a standard. He probably not probably he did hold himself to on and off the ice, and there was probably a standard that he maybe held. You know, his goalie partners to. You know, this is what you know I expect, and this is what we're gonna do, and this is how we're gonna win. And you know, he just seemed like the ultimate teammate too. And you know, people people like to try and say that you know he's not qualified for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, not having a Stanley Cup hurts that. But in my opinion. You look down, he's possibly the greatest college NCAA goalie that ever lived. You know, it's hard to argue Maybe against that. Maybe the best American outside of uh, yeah. I mean, You're right there. I think he's I think he's Hall of Fame worthy. I think his numbers speak for themselves. And, you know, I, I hope that one day, you know, I forget who, who votes on it, but they give him an opportunity to make his case. And, you know, I think I know this city absolutely would have his back in that because we saw a lot of – great years under Ryan Miller, especially the Olympic year. I think he was the best goalie in the world bar Don, bar none. Like, you know, there was nobody better uh, at that point than him. And yeah. like, it's, yeah, again, yeah, I, I, I sure. so, so I, I had a quick one. Um, just a couple of your accomplishments. I think it was in your first year. Um, you, you were named one of the three stars of the week and in, uh, in April in 2011, right. Breaking into the league especially being behind a guy like Ryan, right? And those aren't easy to win. And then um, it for it was cool for me that uh, you were named to the all-rookie team um, in, in the 2011-12 season, right? And you were only the sixth player in, in, in the franchise to be named to that all-rookie team. Something to be so proud of, right? And and I'm sure you are, but, like, I know us, us Sabres fans are pride – we have a lot of pride in that and our players. And um, I know, I know we're running on late on time and, and we'll try to finish this up quickly, but um, really appreciate your time. Um, my, my one question is um, getting, uh, you know, the late call up to the world cup in, in for team Sweden. Uh, what was that whole situation like? What uh, I can hear you there, they cut out oh, getting, uh, you know, getting called up to the world cup of hockey team with Sweden, uh, with, with with whatever happened with Leonard, what was that experience like? Uh, well, to me, for me, it wasn't that great because I was obviously the third goalie. Uh, I didn't really hey, get well, many reps in practice. Welcome to my life, being the third goalie, eh, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't get a lot of reps in practice. Uh, I was probably with the team for three weeks, and that was right before I was going to go to Toronto. Uh, so... Uh, I felt like I missed out on uh, practice time uh, and uh, I didn't really see a lot of pucks. And then right after the World Cup, uh, I had to report for the Leafs training camp. And I think I only got one game in in there before the season what? started. And I felt like I was, I was catching up a little bit, actually. And anytime you go into a new situation, right, like it's hard enough as it is and, and not being able to have that extra time in training camp i can't imagine right um it, it's it's tough to get acclimated yeah. not yeah, only to the new city sorry go ahead yeah i think all the world cup guys had to show up like two and a half weeks late for training camp and obviously like i said i didn't play i barely practiced and uh yeah i just felt like i was 
had to play catch up the whole the first half of that season. Yeah, it's a shame too they haven't uh, done the World Cup of Hockey again since then because that was a lot of a lot of fun to watch. But um, you know, mentioned that you you went in to replace Robin Leonard. You know, he uh, obviously last night. I know he got to catch any of that game, but he had himself quite a game last night. Um, you know, also another former Sabres goaltender. Um, you know, you know, do you did you ever have any type of a relationship with him? Uh, you know, do you still talk to him at all? Or are you happy to see that he's uh, you know fine? You know, especially after kind of what went down here in Buffalo, kind of found a way to re, you know re, another like a, a career resurgence and seen him doing so well for himself. I don't really know Robin. Actually, we never really crossed that uh, cross path. Uh, things I played have, against him a bunch of times, obviously, but I never. <laughs> I got yeah, a I'm good sure story. In OHL, right? I got a good story. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know Robin too well, actually. So it's his first. He um he got drafted by the Senators. They assigned him to Sault Ste. Marie, and that year in Kingston, I was a backup. So. You know how usually, like, the tough guys, the fighters, and warm-up circle the red line? Well, I took it upon myself as the backup to do that. So here it is. And, and you know, now this isn't a shot, but a lot of um, European goalies tend to be built more like um, like Miller or like uh, Pecorene, like Long, right? And um, I chirp. Uh, I'm coming across Robin Leonard. I chirp him, and I'm like, hey, buddy, you want to go? And he lifts up his helmet, and it's like a scene from Rocky Four. Fucking Ivan Drago staring back at me. And I said, "Sorry, sir. Have a nice game." So, hey, yeah, my, I the wrong guy to mess with. Yeah, but my one stat in in my six games in the Sault Ste. Marie between him and Matt Murray, I was six and zero. Oh. The uh, jokes on me though. They're getting five schmill a year, and I'm uh, working goalie goalie clinics for uh 50 an hour so um no it's all in good fun yeah. before um, before we let you go you know <laughs> i wanted to bring up the uh Collie brought it up earlier the mask you wore Look while you're in buffalo that yeah, was that, those are dope. One, buddy yeah that was probably one of my favorite masks too did dave art do those yeah that's probably my favorite one too actually yeah. did, that, did dave art do all yours who, who painted yes, your helmet? He, yes, he's been uh, painting my mask since I was probably 18 or something like that. That's wow. awesome. That that really is. Um, my one last question was um, the 2013 uh, World Championship. Um, and you were named uh, the media all-star team um, and the best goaltender. How cool is that, man? Uh, and, and what an honor the Trey Kenor bringing that back home. I remember seeing pictures of the celebrations of you guys going back home and you stood on your head, buddy yeah. real quick. Okay. Played a um, hundred <laughs> more minutes than everybody else. Uh, eight goals against 1.15 goals against. Okay. Nine, five, uh, a nine fifty-six save percentage with two shootouts. Are you kidding me? Couple clicks, couple clicks, pumping Yoni's tires. I love it. Yeah, oh, that was it. obviously uh, that was obviously my highlight of my career so far. I think uh, it was in my hometown, Stockholm, too. So, oh, that's why the my family and friends. So, so it was amazing because cool. you guys won at home. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Right, like right when you guys won, 
it, like it feels like everybody in Sweden was there. You know yeah, what I mean? And obviously, it's a it's a big thing over in Europe. There, so it was it was awesome, great experience. No, I'm so happy that we got to have you on, and um, I I mean it, man. Dwayne said it earlier, but in a time where it was only big goalies could could make it. You, yeah. you really, you really and I mean this, brother. You you gave us little goalies or shorter goalies, under six foot goalies. You gave us the belief that we could do it, and, and I thank you from the oh, bottom that's... of my heart. And and yeah. I, I really mean that. I appreciate what you've done for the game and the position of goaltending. Yep, and uh, again, it's awesome to hear. Obviously, I have a soft spot for shorter goalies too. I barely watch uh, uh, those six six guys play anymore. Uh, I just watch the shorty guys in, in the NHL. Um, <laughs> and I think it's it's. Uh, I feel like the trend is going back. You, I don't it think is. you have to be six six anymore. A lot of guys say that the perfect sweet spot is probably six one, six two, and then mm -hmm. we have a few guys that are a little bit shorter and still can play, and, and that's a. I still watch them every day too. Every time Yusuf Saros play or Bernier play, I try to watch their highlights. Jonas, I noticed it was around the 2015 draft where um, you know goalie, you know executive started to smarten up and saying, "Hey, just because he's big doesn't mean he can play." And and I mm -hmm. think you had a big part to do with that. And and I mean it. Congrats on an unbelievable career um, coming from a fellow goalie. Uh, you were an idol of mine. Somebody that. You know, as I became a fan of the game and advanced through my career to becoming a student of the game, you were somebody that I watched and, and studied, and, and 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 I just wanted to thank you for everything that you've done for the game and congratulate you on an unbelievable career. And not only that, thank you for taking the time to come on with us. I know that, you know, we have thousands of listeners, and I know that they're going to love this interview, man. Um, very well-spoken, humble, a candid man, and not only very intelligent. Will you stop? I mean, what am I supposed to say now? Like, holy <laughs> crap. You're like, seriously, like, you're just pumping his tires so much. What am I supposed to say at this point? Hey, Jonas, thanks. I'll see you later. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, he's going on. It's like, well, you, you might as well hire him. To, you might as well hire him to be like, give speeches at weddings or something at this point. Like, I, Jesus I Christ, you're talking about that. Like, yeah, it's fine, but. What the hell am I supposed to say now? Like, well, it's not only that, but look at the fucking guy's hair. It could be Henry Lundquist in a fucking KMP commercial. Hey, look good, yeah. feel good, stop the puck good. Yeah, right? Jesus. No, Wait, Yoni. You got any yeah. last question? No, I uh, just, you know, thanks again for coming on with us, Yoni. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I hope maybe someday down the line we can have you on again. Uh, I know we did uh, – one of the big things we did that was, uh, uh, you know, the fans liked a lot was we did a watch party of uh, particular games and Sabres, the Sabres past. And, uh, you know, we'll bring in former players. The last one we did is with Steve Shield, but, uh The 96-97 uh, game, uh, obviously well before anybody's time, but we had, uh, you know, Razor in there with us and uh, a few other alumni. And we watched the game all together and we commented on the fans really dug into that. But, we, our plans are to do one from those teams that maybe you played on. And maybe if you'd want to join us for that, that'd be a lot of cool, a lot of fun. So, um, you know, so maybe sometime yeah, in the summer. Sure. I, I had a lot of fun talking to you. Hey, you know, yeah, I, sure. I, I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. Obviously, for sure. Obviously, goals have a special bond in, between each other and I could feel a bond 
between us already. So I love okay. it. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. One last tidbit. In in his 2013 historic World uh, Hockey Championship performance, he was a part of a group that became first host country to win a tournament since the Soviet Union did it in '86. So another yeah. couple clicks for the old boy. Okay, we really appreciate it, man. Like I said, uh, and I'm sorry, Dwayne. But I mean it. He, he he meant a lot to me. He was playing in the league while I was trying to get to the league. Uh, but Jonas, um, congrats on everything. Yep. Um, good health uh, to you and your family. Actually, uh, I'd like ahead. to get a, I, w w one thing. I would like to ask him. Uh, you'll take a second to ask or answer. Is you know obviously you see the state of the Sabers and where they're heading now. Just some over the from your own experience playing the National. What do you? What are your what's your perception and your out, outliers look on the team now and where they sit and where they're going? Um, you know, what do you think that they need to do to get oh, to kind of right the ship? You oh, know? What an easy question. And, you know, I know, I know, uh, I know, but like, you know, I, 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 hey, no, no, don't worry. Jonas, Jonas has the blueprint that we've been waiting for this whole time. You know, he's he played in the national, you know, he, you know. <laughs> nah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very tough. I don't know. Should you trade Eichel? Should you keep him? I don't know. Who knows? And Kevin is a first-year GM. He's in a tough spot. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really pulling for or cheering for GL for Kevin Adams. Uh, I had him as a as a coach. I think great can, guy, great he, guy. He, yeah, great guy. And I, I really hope he can figure something out there because it's been. I think I was the last goalie that played. In the in the playoffs with the Sabers, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the next point so, I was make is like you were you were part of the very last playoff team, you know. So a lot of these kids, yeah. you know, and you know, not even kids. I guess that Michael's almost a veteran now. They don't know what it's like to play in the NHL playoffs and how loud that building can be and how like. And I, I I've said it so many times. Mm -hmm. These these this Sabers fan. This generation of Sabres fans now don't even realize that those walls can shake when you have 10,000 fans outside in the plaza losing their goddamn minds. Like, it's just so such a special feeling. It's more special in Buffalo than anywhere else because we're such a phenomenal hockey city, and it's such a shame that over the last decade we haven't been able to figure it out. But you're right. Kevin Adams takes a lot of pride in this city. Whenever he talks about mm -hmm. Buffalo, you know, he, he takes a ton of pride that this is where he – is from and this is where he grew up and you know even though he didn't play here in his career he he lives here and he and after his career he chose to come back here and you know i just you know i i hope you're right man i i think eichel's days are numbered in buffalo from the way the, kind of like the narrative is same thing with sam reinhardt you know we are fortunate enough to have won the first overall pick in the draft lottery so that's a step in the right direction and we'll, we'll see what happens here man but you know it, from a goaltending perspective i think you know uh, another former suite or another uh, you know, sweet as uh, Linus Olmark had a great season last year and the year before that, you know, obviously injuries hurt him, but, you know, I hope we can get him re-signed and we can develop, uh, you know, UPL and who my opinion is, is probably the future franchise's goalie, uh, goalie, future franchise goalie, this organization, Eric Portillo um, over in Michigan had a phenomenal freshman season with Michigan. Um, I, I hope that, you know, the moves they make, they've been making now and whatever these moves that are coming the next month, 
whatever they decide to do with Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, and looks like Rasmus versus the line. And I hope those are the right decisions, man, because this city is so hungry for some success. And with that being said, Jonas, if you find yeah, that magical blueprint, that, uh, Jonas, if you find that magical blueprint that Dwayne uh, asked <laughs> you for, let us know. But I mean it. You've been a blast. I hope to have you back on. All the best to you and your family. And on behalf of all Buffalo Sabres fans and young goalies, including Dwayne, we appreciate you coming on, man. What an interview. Um, great stuff, man. All the best to you and your family and what's next. And uh, go Sabres, brother. Yeah, go for Sabres. sure. I, uh, stay in touch and we can probably find a time we can come on and chat again. I would love to, to do it again. So Definitely. For just sure. make sure. Stay in touch. Just and, make sure. Uh, just make sure we get the right time zones this, this time again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, a good idea. This right. has been episode 65 of Two Goalies, One Mike. One for the ages. Uh, another big thanks to Jonas Enroth, um, you know, all-time saver favorite. Uh, for Dwayne Steinel, I'm Johnny Cullen. We'll see you for episode 66.